I'm going to talk about a spirit-fueled relationship with God. A spirit-filled time alone with God each day that spills over into the whole of life. I first knew Jesus as a child. And as a teenager, I was in a Baptist church, really good grounding in the Bible. I used to read the Bible every day with scripture union notes. Brilliant. But it wasn't until I was at university that I really heard about the Holy Spirit and I asked the Holy Spirit to come into my life and change me. And there was a big change. I'd been a dedicated Christian before, but now the Bible came alive. And prayer became an adventure in not just talking to God, but hearing from God. And hearing from God in the first place for myself, just words for me that, that built me up. And then as time went on, beginning to hear God for others. So I want to share some of the things I've learned on, on the journey of time alone with God. Because I believe that that time that we take with him every day, or hopefully every day, is, um, is a key. It's a key place for our growth and our effectiveness. And I, I really do feel a bit of a fraud because I still struggle with the discipline of sitting down with God each day. And, um, I, you know, I haven't cracked it, but I, I feel like I know what I'm aiming for. I know what I'm aiming for. So I want to start with um, Psalm 27, verse 8. This is from the New Living Bible translation, and it really spoke to me. My heart has heard you say, has heard God say, come and talk with me. It's not complicated. Just come and talk with me. But what an amazing invitation that the God of the whole universe invites us personally. Come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. That's what it should be. Not a duty, not something hard, but come and talk with me. Lord, I'm coming. And that is only possible by the power of the Holy Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit that reveals to us how much God loves us. It's the Holy Spirit that assures us that we do have access into the throne room of God. And that invitation is there. The Holy Spirit moves our relationship from duty to love. To share our lives with him. The Holy Spirit wants us to experience the love of Christ. As it says in Ephesians, the Holy Spirit wants us to experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. There's that word power again. 
I hadn't even seen it was there when I chose this first, but he wants us to experience that and for it to change us. Knowing that we're loved, breathing that love in as we spend time with God impacts the rest of our lives and our relationships. Lent just gone by, I, I went through Delia Smith's A Feast for Lent, and there was a, a, a quote from that that really, really touched me. Prayer is a school for loving. It's where we learn how to love God, how to love ourselves, and how to love others. We cannot love ourselves until we've experienced God's love for us. And if we haven't learned to love ourselves, we can't really give ourselves in love for others. This isn't just for us, it spills out then to all of our life and all our relationships. If you haven't got that heart longing to come and spend time with God, then ask the Holy Spirit to change you. And as you come to pray, ask the Holy Spirit to open your heart to meet with God. Then, be real and be expectant. Be real. There's no point in putting on an act, trying to be terribly holy and proper, because God knows what our heart is. If you're angry, shout at him. If you're disappointed, tell him. If you're really excited, maybe dance. But be real, be yourself. But having done that, don't stop there. Don't stop with just telling God how you are. Let him speak to you. Be expectant. God wants a two-way conversation. He wants to hit he wants you to hear from him. He wants to help you and change you. An example of this from ages ago when I was at university. It was Valentine's Day. And my best friend had a boyfriend who sent her a, a lovely card. And I was really, really pleased for her. But I was sad because I hadn't had a Valentine from anybody. And I went to God, and I was honest, and I told him, I'm pleased for Val, but I'm really sad. And he gave me a poem. It's the only time I've ever had a poem, written a poem, but I didn't write it, he did. He just spoke to me, and it changed me. And this is the poem. God didn't send me a valentine. He sent his son. God didn't write, I love you, on a beautiful card. He wrote it in all creation. The sky, the sun, the flowers, and he wrote it across history in his blood. God didn't draw a heart pierced by an arrow, but his own body was broken and his blood poured out for me. God didn't say, I love you, dear, in spite of all your faults. He said, I take your faults on my own self, and in my body I crucify them, so that I may love you without faults, clothed in the righteousness of my Son. 
So God loved me. Be real. Tell God how you are. But be expectant that he can change your perspective and give you something that really, really impacts you. A simple pattern of prayer that I often use is thanks, sorry, please. If you want to remember it, it's tsp, teaspoon. <laughs> um, so begin with worship and praise for God, who he is and all that he's done. Tell him that you're personally thankful, what you're personally thankful for. Be real with him again in your thanks. There are the huge things, but there's also the little things, the counting gifts. So recently, things I've thanked him for are reactor light glass sunglasses, because I, have I suffer with migraine, and the sun can be horrible. I don't really enjoy it. Now I do with reactor light glasses. Maybe it's a good evening with friends before. Or your phone that enables you to keep in touch with somebody. Be open to the Holy Spirit, even as you're thanking God, to point out things that you, you, you can thank him for. And, um, and also to take it beyond that. So the other day, some of you have heard this story, but I, I was... It, it was towards the end of winter, and I was thanking God for the winter-flowering jasmine in our garden, which is lovely yellow flowers when nothing else is out, and it really brightens and lifts you. And, um, and as I was thanking him for, for that, he reminded me that my nephew's daughter, eight-year-old daughter, is called Jasmine. So I prayed for her, and then I felt God saying, I want Jasmine to be like the winter-flowering jasmine. I want her to bring um, joy and gladness in dark situations. Well, this family aren't Christians. What do I do with that word? And I took the plunge, and I texted her mother, and I said, I've been praying for Jasmine, and I feel this, and I didn't know what reaction I would get. But she wrote back and said, thank you, that's lovely. And we went on to have a correspondence, and then I asked if I could send a, a Jesus Storybook Bible for Jasmine, which has been received really well. So just from that little thing, God's been able to open up something in that family. So thanks. Worship, praise, and thanks. And then sorry. As we draw near to God... We need to let the Holy Spirit highlight things that are not right. Not right between me and God. Not right between me and others. So it actually happened the other day where I was thanking God for a good evening with friends before and he said, but you spoke too much and you talked over that person. Did it again. Lord, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. But he doesn't do it to condemn, he does it, does it to forgive and to open the way for us to really be free with him. And then last of all, please, ask God 
who or what to pray for. Yes, be real. Do talk to him about yourself, but don't get stuck with yourself. Pray for others. Pray for the world. Pray for the day ahead and the people you'll meet. I actually have a list of people for each day of the week so that I don't forget the people I really should pray for, my close relatives and friends. But I'm open to the Holy Spirit leading me off that list, if he wishes. And I'm open to a prophetic word um, for someone on that list or off that list, uh, a verse, an encouragement. Get your text messages out as you're praying. You could, your, your time alone with God can become a great blessing to others. These are people I care about, and God loves them too, and we're working together. And then Bible reading. So the most common way that God communicates with us is through the Bible. A Bible reading plan can be really helpful because it helps us not to have to think what to read every day. So I do advise you to have a Bible reading plan, but don't stop at just reading or even reading someone else's thoughts about the passage. We're reading the Bible to meet with God ourselves. So, when you come to read the Bible, start with prayer. Say, Lord, I want to meet you. Holy Spirit, please help me to meet with God as I read this passage. And then as you read, note what hit you. What jumped out at you? What impressed you most? That's likely to be the thing that the Holy Spirit wants to bring you to. So go back to that thing that impressed you and think about it and pray about it. Make sure you have a take-home point. Don't just have a vague idea about the passage, but what is God trying to say to you? Catch something from God. Maybe write it down. I mean, I was, I'm into writing down, and some people are into all sorts of other ways of recording their relationship with God. But make sure you know what your take-home point from God is. And talk to God about it and how it applies to your life. So recently, it seemed like everything I was reading seemed to be about loving people, whatever they were like. And so I prayed about it, and I prayed about loving the people that are in my life in the ordinary way. But I wasn't quite sure why God was on and on about loving people. Then my brother was diagnosed with a terminal cancer, and he came back to England from Spain, and I was going down to visit him. And my brother and I have not always got on very well. And he had said to my sister, I don't want to see Bridget because she's a Christian and she'll shove it down my throat. So that was <laughs> me going to, to see him. And um, I must admit, he wasn't very easy. I mean, he was in a lot of pain and it was a difficult time. But I was so gl glad that God had said to me, just love people whatever they're like. What he'd been talking about for a week or so beforehand, suddenly I knew why he'd been challenging me on that. And I was able to 
to feel that I was walking in step with God and just loving my brother through what turned out to be his last days. So I don't hold myself up as an expert. I have ups and downs. I don't always get it right, but I know what I'm aiming for. I want to more consistently have a spirit-fueled, spirit-led time with God. As I was preparing for this talk, I found a new way of looking at Psalm 24. I saw it as an invitation to open our hearts with expectancy as we come to God. So we're going to just look quickly at Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. For he laid the earth's foundations on the sea and built it on the ocean's depths. This is the perspective we need that leads to thanks and worship. Whatever's happening around us, he is the Lord and we belong to him. As we sang earlier, hallelujah, God above it all. Hallelujah, God unshakable. Then David goes on. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands are and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. They will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God their Savior. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence, O God of Jacob. Don't let these verses condemn you. We know the good news. We know that we have pure hands and hearts by coming to God for forgiveness. And then we can receive a blessing. We know that right relationship with God. We can seek him and worship in his presence. That's the promise. We come to God, we ask him to forgive us. We have clean hands and clean hearts. And then we have the blessing of walking into his presence, which leads on to the last part of the psalm. Open up ancient gates. Open up ancient doors and let the king of glory enter. Who is the king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, invincible in battle. Open up ancient gates. Open up ancient doors and let the king of glory enter. Who is the king of glory? The Lord of heaven's armies. He is the king of glory. As you come to God, be expectant. Open the gates of your heart and life. Let the king of glory come into your home when you're just sitting in your chair for that 15 minutes. And it will change you. And it will spill out from there to others. <laughs>